with their sponsorship of episode 218 of the Read to Lead podcast. FreshBooks cloud accounting software is making it easy for you to try them out with absolutely no obligation. Get access to 100% of FreshBooks features for 30 days when you visit freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. I believe that everybody here is, you know, on the walking this planet is created with unique talents, skills, abilities, and personality, and and nobody can do you. Hi, and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. I'm Jeff, and I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast is not only going to help you narrow this important reading list, but bring you some of the key insights and valuable ideas from today's most successful and inspiring authors. My guest today is the author of 15 books. It's a wonder we haven't had him on the show before now. His name is Joel Kahn, and the title of his brand new book out today is called The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work. I'll ask Joel to share his thoughts on how the American ideal of simply work hard and you'll be successful has been twisted, how to recognize when and how to say no, his advice on how to change course if you feel you're not fully utilizing your talents, and much, much more. You know, several years ago, going back to 2009, 2010, when I began contemplating the idea of changing course, leaving a full-time job and, and venturing out on my own, I started that process by beginning a side hustle. I wanted to give myself a chance to spread my wings, to see if I really could run my own business. And I knew early on that I would have to have some sort of accounting solution. FreshBooks has been with me every step of the way. When my business was small, I was able to take advantage of just the features that I needed. And now as my business has grown, FreshBooks has grown with it. If you're looking to make a change in your accounting software or if you're looking to leave a job, let's say, and venture out on your own and start your own business or side hustle, I can't recommend FreshBooks highly enough as your cloud accounting solution. And as a listener to Read Lead, you get to take advantage of FreshBooks special 30-day free trial, meaning you can sign up for FreshBooks, no credit card needed, and you can use all the features for a full month to decide whether or not it's really right for you. To take advantage, just go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. One more time, that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead to find out more about FreshBooks cloud accounting software right now. Joel Kamm is a New York Times best-selling author, professional keynote speaker, social media marketing strategist, live video expert, technologist, brand influencer, futurist, and eternal 12-year-old. With more than two decades of experience harnessing the power of the web, publishing, social media, and mobile applications to expand reach and engage in active relationship marketing, Joel is a sought-after public speaker who leaves his audiences inspired, entertained, and armed with strategic tools to create highly effective new media campaigns. Well, his latest book is called The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize how you work. This is probably way overdue. Joel, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, your voice 
is <laughs> one of the only voices that uh, I think is probably you know I, I'm told people tell me that I have a great voice, but I hear you, uh, and and I hear uh, you know a couple others. Uh, Bob Doyle's one of them, and mm. I think I wish I had a voice like that. <laughs> Well, keep on wishing, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't going to happen, bro. Well, I was interested to learn as I read your book uh, that you and I have, in some ways, very similar background. I uh, thought one day that uh, when I was young that I was going to be a rock star and I had a love for music and creating music and actually was a music education major in college initially, um, but then realized I, I just wasn't, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> I wasn't going to keep doing this for the rest of my life. I right. was good enough maybe to teach, but I didn't want to do that. And then I ended up uh, sort of falling into radio. Well, that's what we do. DJs yeah. <laughs> are frustrated musicians, right? That's right. Exactly. Well, you and I are, are about the same age, and, and, and I, our generation grew up with this uh, specific work ethic kind of drilled into our heads, and I think it's still prevalent today, and that's the, the whole idea. Idea that you know, if you want to succeed in life, you just have to work hard. Or, or similarly, if you just believe in yourself enough, well, what do you feel is wrong with that work ethic that says if you want to succeed, you just have to work hard? Well, well, first of all, let's um, let's talk about what's right with it. Mm-hmm. Hard work is a virtue. I, I, you know, previous generations taught us that if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Right? You you don't just have things just handed mm. to you. You have to go and bring value. But something's gotten twisted. There is a certain element of society that has taken this notion that hard work is a virtue, which I believe is a truth, and said, well, if that's true, then 10x the hard work is 10 times the virtue. <laughs> That's where it falls apart. Mm. You know, a, a lifestyle that is all about working hard, which means getting up early and hustling and grinding your way through the day, staying up late. And when those chump friends of yours are out on the sailboat on the weekend, you're mm-hmm. killing it. You're crushing it. <laughs> you're getting after it because you're hungry and you want that Lambo in your garage. Because the guy on YouTube told me that that's, you know, <laughs> that's what I should have. And I should have the big house and I need the swimming pool and the stacks of fat cash and to be surrounded by beautiful people. Not that there's anything wrong with beautiful people, okay? Um, And there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money either. But if that is your mentality, if that is your goal, you might be in the very small minority of people that actually accomplish that goal without burning out first. And then even if you don't burn out, to get to that place and go, wait, what about this thing that I was passionate about? that I didn't do? What about the relationship bridges that I may have burned because work became my God, you Mm -hmm. know, and money, materialism. So there's been this whole move towards a hustle and grind movement, Um, you know, and we've seen it over the last six to 10 years, ever since Tim Ferriss crushed it with a four hour (laughs) work week. They've been swinging the pendulum back this other way. And I am, I'm here to say no. I have reverse engineered my 23 years in online business, and I've probably had seven or so grand slams. I've had way more failures than that, just so you know, we're clear here that that's not all I do is hit home runs. Um, but I have looked at the home runs, and I've looked at the failures, and I can tell you with complete authority, there is a pattern. And that pattern is that the biggest successes took the least amount of work. They took the smart amount of work. The biggest failures are the times that I spent hustling and grinding and spinning my wheels. And the fun formula is here to set that straight, to help inspire people, to set them free, to actually pursue their natural uh, curiosity 
their their own creativity, to be able to take risks, and most importantly, to be able to trust the process of this thing we go through called life and to not force things. Stuff happens at the right time when you put yourself out there. Hmm. Do you ever find that there's guilt associated with you know successes that you didn't feel like you necessarily had to work your butt off to achieve? In other words, is that the other side of that coin sometimes? No, I don't see it as, as guilt <laughs> at all. I see it as be is you know growing wisdom. Yeah, you know why break you know bust a hump when you could make <laughs> something happen with a phone call or or an email yeah. or you know a month of of doing the hard work. I think that's just smart. Who doesn't who doesn't want that? Right. Uh, because there's so much more to life then work. And, you know, somebody once, and, I, and I'm not sure who said it, but the quote is, if you could tell the difference between your work and your play, you're doing one of them wrong. <laughs> and there's a lot of people listening right now that are going, wait, he's talking to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's okay, because there's, there's hope. Yeah. And, and, and you can make small changes today that get you closer to that life that you are dreaming of. One of my favorite quotes, Joel, from the first chapter says, uh, the people who are the most fulfilled are often the ones who have truly learned to not care what other people think. And, and I find that just when I think I have fully embraced that, I'll do something. Maybe it's something that takes me outside my comfort zone or I'll, I'll be about to give a public talk and be suddenly engrossed in, gee, I wonder what the audience is going to think about this or I wonder what they're going to think of me when I'm done. After all this time, do you find you ever sometimes struggle not to care? Oh, listen, I haven't arrived. This is a <laughs> journey. Anybody tells you that they have arrived is lying to you. They're selling you something. Mm. Um, you know, the ideal is to not care in a compassionate way, right? There's there's mm. times that you should care what other people think. If something you're doing is, you know, impacting others in a negative way, you should care what people think. Uh, but in terms of, you know what, this is my life. You know, Bon Jovi had it right. It's my life. <laughs> Billy Joel had it right. It's my life, uh, and, and I'm going to do what I think is best, and I'm not going to stop pursuing that which is important to me that is part of my soul uh, just because you don't like it, because your feelings are hurt, or because you know, you're a parent that thinks I should have pursued you know, being a lawyer or a doctor. Right. Or because your peers that that think, well, you need to come along with us on this journey and not do that, you know, because it's other people's insecurities and and frailties that come out jealousies and and envy and all kinds of horribleness that we're capable of. And you want to surround yourself with people who believe in you and support you for you, not because of what you can do for them. I always know, Joel, the conversation is going to be special when there's a Billy Joel reference. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a good one. I don't care what you say anymore. <laughs> this is my life. Go ahead with your own life. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, I often tell people that when, when you can live a life with intentionality, you end up having more control over your life than you realize sometimes you're capable of. I want to know what you mean, though, when you say that real freedom comes with the, the paradigm shift of understanding that ultimately we really don't have that much control. Well, we don't. I mean, let, let's face it. We, we struggle and strive to have control. Uh, but ultimately, you didn't control when you were born. <laughs> and you're not going to, unless you, know, you did something horrible, which I, I don't recommend, you're not going to control 
when you die. Mm. Uh, we don't know how many days we have. We just know they're numbered. And, uh, you know, from the time we're born, we are moving closer and closer to our ultimate demise here on this planet in this earth suit that we inhabit. <laughs> Right. right. And so because of that, we try to micromanage the things that we can control. But I look at it this way. First of all, you're one in seven billion. So that means seven billion other people have the potential to impact your life in a way that you can't control. Then you have <laughs> you know, forces of nature. Right, that that you can't control. You have economic forces that you can't control. Uh, it, there's just there's so little that we actually have control over that we're autonomous in our little world. And and I think that's where faith comes in for me, is understanding. You know, I I'm not a religious person, but I am spiritual, and mm-hmm. I, I believe there's a God, and that He is ultimately in control, and that He wants what's best for me and, and for others, and uh, if I relax into that and trust that, it kind of reminds me of the Nestee Plunge, remember that? <laughs> you know, right. a lot of people, you know, where I'm dating us here, uh, <laughs> but, you know, the old Nestee commercials, mm-hmm. uh, the iced tea, there would be a guy, you know, standing by the edge of the pool, and he would fall with arms out, he or she would fall backwards, I'm actually doing it right now. I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this? People can't see. Um, and they would fall backwards and take the nesty plunge into the water. It's like a trust fall. And, and as complicated as life gets, sometimes that's all we've got is to say, I don't get this. I don't understand why this is happening, but I'm just going to have faith and believe that this is going to turn out okay. Uh, and I think it's like that in, in business, too. I know it's like that with our children. You know, I've got two grown kids, you know, played a role in raising two good, decent, kind, loving human beings. And that's a miracle right there, right? Really, <laughs> I, I, I had a hand in that, any of that. Um, and But you have to let them go. Mm-hmm. And they go move out on their own and they live their own life and they're out from under your roof and you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what trouble they're going to get into, uh, but you have to have faith that it's going to work mm-hmm. out. And over the years, I have seen that faith bring success and bring good things so many times that mm-hmm. I've just learned to trust that whole process. And whether you have the same faith as I do or not, I think the principle is the same. I, I did a trust fall once in my life. One of the single hardest things I've ever done is let go of that control and just relax and get up on that platform and fall backward. Took me forever. (laughs) Understandable. It's scary. (laughs) Very. I think the reason that a lot of people don't have the success in business and the fulfillment in life that they seek is they are afraid. Mm. Uh, You know, you and I both know people who went to college did the four years, got the degree, got the professional job, and have commuted back and forth their whole lives to a job they hate mm-hmm. for security because they're scared to do something different. To me, that is selling your soul. That is sacrificing your life. Wow for that security and that fear. And I know I'm hitting some nerves right now. Mm. And, and, and I know it doesn't feel good, but I'm not here to make people feel good. I'm here to help shake that, that stirring in your soul that you know is already there. <laughs> Now, maybe you've maybe you've squelched that still small voice because you've done it for so long. You're like, well, you know, I've made it 25 years doing this. I can make it 10 more to retirement. Yes, you may be able to. But guess what? There are people who don't make it to retirement age. Hmm. 
In fact, I just got a shocker. I just got an email this morning. I'm in a, an email group with um, some marketers that I've known for, oh, a good 15, 17 years. And I just found out that a couple that I haven't heard from probably in, in a decade or so, not that I was super close, but I knew them, super kind couple, um, tragically died in a, in a, a landslide. Uh-huh. Um, their house collapsed last night. I'm, I'm still kind of in shock over I'm like, what? But they lived their lives. They did what they loved and they were happy because of it. But you don't know hmm. when, you know, when the, you're, it's your mudslide and you, if you have laid down your life to the altar of security so far, maybe it's time to break out. And, and I hope that wasn't in bad taste. I mean, the, the fact that I even brought up that example because it's so fresh, mm. um, but it's true and it's real and it's a reminder that we don't know when it's our time. Yeah. And into that, you know, there are, uh, I think many of us who walk through our life, you know, not tapping into certain skills or passions. As far as taking that first step, that person who's hearing this right now, Joel, and, go, and saying, okay, Joel, I agree with you. I need to take that first step. What advice would you give them in, in beginning to change course? Well, first you have to evaluate where you are, right? Are you happy? Uh, and, and if you're not, you have to start asking yourself, why? What's not right here? Well, I always wanted to fill in the blank. Mm. Why aren't you doing that thing? Now, this is where we come up with the excuses, right? <laughs> right? We're great excuses. We can come up with a hundred reasons why we're not doing something. Fine. Good. Make a list and then burn it. <laughs> come up with one reason that you want to do it and stop staying in your cocoon and try something, do something. If you don't carpe the heck out of those DMs, <laughs> then they will carpe you. For those who don't know the reference, that's Latin carpe diem is seize the day mm. and go watch uh, um, Dead Poet Society mm. with Robin Williams and stand up on a desk and say, oh, captain, my captain. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the fun formula is designed to take people on this journey, Jeff. And we actually, for those that, that order the book, uh, funformulabook.com. There's a number of bonuses, but one of them is a study guide that goes chapter by mm-hmm. chapter with questions, you know, to ask yourself and, and pull out these answers. But you have to start by doing something. Nothing ever happens without taking an action, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, you know, it, this is why people buy lottery tickets, right? <laughs> They're, they're stuck where they are. They buy the lottery ticket in hopes that they're going to be the, the miracle, and then they're going to escape their job. Talk about giving your life over to chance, <laughs> almost no chance. Well, I'm not going to do that thing I want to do unless I win the lottery. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Guess what? You won the lottery. You woke up this morning. You're alive. You're breathing. You have a pulse. You won. Mm. Go do something with it. Don't give it to the state to decide whether or not you're going to get to go live your dreams. That's insanity. Mm. But, but that's what fear will do to you is it will keep you in the craziness, in the, the false beliefs, and the negative thought patterns. Uh, you're better than that. I don't care who it is I'm talking to right now. You are better than that. I don't care if you are a junior high student with dreams and aspirations of being the next Steve Jobs, or if you are self-employed and struggling in your career, or if you are employed and, and sick of doing the same old grind, or if you're retired tiring and you're wondering what's next there is a next for you and you know how i know this 
because I've seen it happen again and again. Uh, and Jeff, it'd be really easy for people to say, well, it's easy for you to say, Joel, you know, you're the author and you've had these different successes. And, and I'm, but I want to share something really vulnerable to drive this point home. Um, a lot of authors will say that while they are writing a book that teaches something, they find themselves struggling with what they're teaching in some respect. Mm. They find themselves having to implement what they are teaching others to do. And that happened to me while writing the fun formula. Mm. Um, I went through a really tough time both um, in business and personally from 2010 to 2012 or so. Business, I, I had 38 employees and things were really going downhill. I had somebody embezzle from me. I had another person that you know almost bankrupted the company and, and it just, I built a monster. Um, and at the same time, my marriage was falling apart, you know, marriage of 20 ended up being 23 years. And, and I took a, um, a sabbatical of sorts where I let go of my whole team over the period of a year and I worked on myself. I was overweight. So I started taking care of myself physically and, and got healthier. I, I had emotional issues that, you know, way from my past and went to see a counselor to deal with that and got healthier in that respect. Uh, spiritually, I connected with God in a way that was meaningful for me. And while I'm nowhere near the tip of the self-actualization period. I did move, you know, one space forward, right? Mm. And that's that's all we're really trying to do is move forward and and be more real and self-aware and authentic. And and after I came off that sabbatical, Jeff, I uh, I started writing books again and I started speaking again and I even got into the live video marketing space and and kind of became a leader in that space, but I didn't feel like that was a big move for me. I felt like it was like just the next thing to do. So while I'm writing this book, I'm reflecting on my past and my future and I'm questioning myself. I'm looking at my past successes and I'm saying to myself, is that it? Mm. Is my best work behind me? Am I now going to coast on this success? Mm. And I did not like that mm. because I've always tried to do new things. I've tried to live out, you know, the fun formula of my life by exploring my curiosity, by taking risks and by trusting the process. And here I am asking myself, what do I do now? Well, we can always try to force something, but I knew that I couldn't do that because in the book I'm teaching people you can't force it. Mm. <laughs> well, here's here's where something magical happened. It was April of last year, 2017, I, I suddenly took this interest in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain, all the this new technology surrounding digital money, and I was fascinated by it. Just took an interest in it and started having discussions with my friend Travis Wright, who is a leading marketing technologist. And before you know it, Travis and I are on Messenger every day sharing <laughs> You know, what we think about the latest prices and the latest coins and where the industry is going. We're just, we're having a blast talking about it. Three months later, July 16, 2017, Travis messages me and says, when are we going to start the Joel and TW crypto show? And then he put a little winky face at the end of it because he was half joking. But the moment he said that, boom, it hit me. I called him. I said, let's do this. We're, we don't know what we're talking about yet, but we, we're so enthralled with this. Let's create a podcast. We'll call it the Bad Crypto Podcast because 
that way it leaves it open for us to be wrong about the things <laughs> we're talking about. Let's just be us and take people on the journey of discovery with us. Fast forward a little more than 10 months. The show is one of the top crypto shows in the world. We have had over 4 million downloads. Wow. And we're not even a year into it yet. We do four episodes a week. We're having a blast. It has totally changed my trajectory. And it happened in between the first and second drafts of writing this book. So I was actually able to update the book Mm. and tell people that this happened. And I was forced to trust the process and allow the fun formula to work. And once again, it did. Mm, That's that's a great story. I know something, Joel, that a lot of us struggle with is saying no. Uh, we're, we're saying yes to, to too many things. And, and you seem to be somebody who's over the years been able to recognize when an otherwise amazing opportunity is something you need to say uh, no to. How how have you managed to develop that discernment, I guess? Um, you know, it starts with a gut feeling. It's really easy to appeal to people based on financial benefits. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of opportunity come my way that I can make a lot of money if I do fill in the blank. Uh, But then I look at it and go, yeah, but do I want to do that? Mm. Is that in alignment with who I am? Or is that just a mode of generating revenue? Will I be effective doing that because I'm not happy doing it anyway? Why spin my wheels to do something that isn't true to who I am. And so it's been really easy for me to say no to things that I don't want to do. I don't care how much money is dangled in my face. And and listen, um, I started like everybody else with, with nothing. And, you know, I've made a lot and I've lost a lot. When you're in business, you, you know, you ride the roller coaster and money is no longer the driving force for me. I believe that when you are living authentically and you are using your gifts and talents to bring value to others, that good things come back to you, that you've opened yourself up to possibility and potentiality that you didn't even know existed. And, and the podcast is a perfect point in case. I've done six other podcast series you know, in my career, starting back in, I want to say, 2008. None of them have had the success of this show, and this is an arena that I never saw myself getting into. <laughs> Couldn't have imagined that this would grow my platform more than anything else that I've done. And yet there it is. And there it is. Wow. Uh, Joel, if you would talk about your views on uh, the relationship between uh, failure and and authenticity. I really enjoyed uh, that, that section of the book. I love failure. Failure (laughs) is, I mean, it is our greatest teacher. Successes will teach you something, hopefully something about yourself. Hopefully success will teach you um, humility that you don't think that you're all that, you know, in a box of rocks. Uh, (laughs) Because when, you know, when you're trusting the process and you realize you have so little control, um, just being aware of opportunity and seizing it doesn't make you the smartest person in the room. Okay, Um, but failure teaches you, you know, where your shortcomings are and grows you as a person unlike anything else. There's there's one example I like to talk about in particular because it was probably my biggest financial failure, but at the same time was the one that taught me the greatest lesson. And that was sometime around 2008 or nine. My team brought the idea of creating a mobile marketing uh, platform to uh, to the business, and this kind of like you know an email auto 
autoresponder only but for cell phones mm. and is a great idea um, and I got on board with it and, and I put solid six figures into building this with a team and you know coding and graphics and marketing the thing went nowhere long story short we failed at selling the service failed at getting uh, venture capital to grow it failed at, at trying to pawn off the technology on somebody else and after a few years of monthly upkeep of continuing to pay for this I looked at it and I thought you know if I stop paying for the service that we're using that props this thing up everything goes away the complete investment is gone and and to me that was really hard to bear for a number of months but one day I thought you know what I'm shutting it down it's not going anywhere and I imagined that the moment I did that I would experience this crushing you know blow of failure but the exact opposite happened Jeff instead I felt this weight lifted off my shoulders and all of a sudden there was opportunity to do something else before me, and it's when I realized this uh, profound truth that I stopped failing the moment I stopped paying for it. Hmm. In this case, um, both financially and emotionally, I stopped paying for it. And now it's become a great story and a lesson for me personally to not get into something unless it's really part of my core. Because I did this because the you know I was persuaded that there was opportunity here with this technology, but it wasn't part of my core, and uh, abandoning it was the best thing I could have done. The the product failed, but the decision to end it was a success. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and 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 it opened up opportunity to move forward and to end up doing something that was more directly connected to who I am. Mm. Something that I think. I realize I do instinctively is something that I was never quite able to fully articulate until I read this quote in your book. And it's this, you can't engineer serendipity, but you can create an environment that lends itself to things happening. Can you, can you explain what you, what you mean by that? Yeah. Well, you can't control the unknown. Right, You don't know when um, you're going to get an email from somebody that's going to open a door. You don't know when your buddy Travis is going to message you and say, hey, let's do a, a podcast. Right, And so for me, I kind of look at life as just full of opportunity. It's kind of like doors and windows. Now, there are some who say that door right there that is closed behind you you know, that you want to get through, you should just bang that sucker and, and get on there you know, until, uh, until it opens. And I'm thinking that's insane. There are doors and windows that are wide open. There's opportunity everywhere. Some places, they're just a crack open. And what I do is I just kind of look and see when somebody comes to me, if there's any interest at all in, in the arena, I'll go, oh, what's in there? And take a peek inside. Mm. And then I'll take a risk. Um, and so while you can't orchestrate serendipity, being you know having your antenna up and being aware of what's happening around you when that email comes in with a, you know a solicitation of some potential partnership or an idea to look at it and go, is there anything here that resonates with me? even a little. If there is, explore it. If there's not, move on. This is why I love to go to events. So much magic happens when you just show up for uh, events. I can't tell you how many deals did resonate with me, ended up coming about just because I showed up for an event. I didn't go there for a deal, but I opened myself up to a group of individuals that were interested in some of the same things that I'm interested in, and uh, that's where the magic happens. Well, I have a couple of questions, Joel, I want to ask you that aren't directly related to the book. But before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we walk away with? 
Um, get it. That's what I, I hope. <laughs> I, I hope that people go and read this. I think that if you've got kids that are just graduating from, you know, mm. from high school or college, or if you're in business at any age, or even if you're getting ready to change your career because you're, you know, an older person, I think that this book is just going to bring so much freedom to people. It's going to open their minds. It's going to challenge them. It's going to make them hungry to tap into those desires that um, that they either are aware of or that they've pushed down. And when you look at the cover, you know, this is a business book, but this book looks like a party because it is fun. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, saw the, the picture I posted on Facebook the other day uh, when I received the book in the mail, but, but I, I, I took it upon myself to do a selfie with this book and, and take a picture of myself that I'm not normally comfortable showing to the world, but kind of getting outside my, outside my comfort zone and showing a little bit more of a fun side of me than I typically do. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm actually scrolling through my uh, feed right now to see, oh yeah, no, this is great. Love it. Love it. Well, well think about the, the books you've read, uh, specifically the last few years, uh, Joel. What would you say are maybe uh, two or three uh, titles that, that immediately come to mind as having had the biggest impact on you? Brene Brown stuff, mm. you know, is just is fantastic. If you haven't read um, any of her work, like just any, pick up any of her books. She's just all about, you know, authenticity and being real. And I think so much of um, successful entrepreneurs, they are who they are. And they really try not to care about what other people think. In fact, I see now that's the quote that you used here in your post um, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they, they are on a mission to do what it is they feel called to do. And uh, that's, I just want to encourage people to follow that. You are, everybody is so unique. Um, you know, we're special in our own special way, and yet we're not special because there's 7 billion of us. But <laughs> I, I believe that everybody here is, you know, on the walking this planet is created with unique talents, skills, abilities, and personality. And, and nobody can do you like you do you. Hmm. So, so do you, and don't try to be like, um, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. Don't try to be like Tony Robbins. Don't try to be like me for the love of God. You know, <laughs> be you. That's where you're going to bring the most value. Figure out where that is for you. That's your sweet spot. And the odds are, if you have that self doubt uh, because you're maybe you're you found a nutrition plan that works for you, and you're like, yeah, but there's you know a hundred nutrition plans out mm. there. Yeah, but yours probably has a unique angle and that unique angle is the thing that might scare you the most because nobody else is talking about that guess what that's a hint that's a clue right there that that's probably your your uniqueness that is the most important thing that you highlight in order to stand out don't do stuff because everybody else is doing it do your thing well, Joel, as somebody who has had uh, a fair amount of success in the public speaking realm as a professional uh, a keynote speaker, what are some of your tips uh, for delivering an impactful and, and memorable public talk that you'd be willing to, to share? Well, the big, first thing is your fear, right? There's, uh, they say, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the only thing that people fear more than death is public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I figured, you know, the uh, if you're going to make that a fear, then make fear of dying while speaking, you know, it's got to be the, <laughs> the absolute worst thing of all. Um, so, but you have to get over yourself. You know, if you are, uh, and, and don't take this wrong, I mean, be offended if you want to be, but let me, let me be clear what I mean here. You're not on stage because of you. Hmm. You're on stage because of the value 
that you are to bring to your audience who needs to hear the message that you have to deliver. And so when we get all about ourselves and we get all nervous about speaking, we've got the focus in the wrong place. You need to put the focus on other people. And when you do that, it takes a, you, you know, you forget about your own fear. Oh, yeah, I'm here to talk about this because these people need to hear or they need to be entertained or they need to be inspired or they need to learn, whatever. It's not about you. So get your head in the right place and focus on the people that are there. Everybody's pulling for you in the audience. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm not telling people not to rehearse because for a lot of people, that's important. For me, it's never been. I don't like scripted. I don't like rehearsing. I'm lazy. I just want to get up on stage and talk about this thing that I want to talk about. Now, that said, I used to have absolutely paralyzing stage fright. Mm. I mean, uh, there were times as a public speaker in the beginning that I didn't understand this thing that I just told everybody to get over yourself. (laughs) And there were times where I thought that they were going to call my name and I was just going to run out of the room. Mm. That's how much fear that I had. Um, and I won't bore you with the long story of how I overcame that, but, um, I did. And now stepping on stage is like walking into my own living room because I feel more comfortable in my own skin Mm. than ever before. And I know that if I just get up on stage and share what I want to talk about, that I'm knowledgeable about it. It's going to come. So just, you know, relax. These are people who are pulling for you. Nothing is worse than sitting in an audience and the person on stage is flailing. Everybody's uncomfortable. (laughs) Everybody is as uncomfortable as the person that is on stage. Mm. So, you know, just, just be you. Everybody's pulling for you. Share your uniqueness and, and don't be afraid to take chances. I put my foot in my mouth on stage all the time. I mean, something will come out and I'll stop right then and acknowledge. I'll say, hold, wait a second. Did I just say that? (laughs) And then I'll shake my head and be self-deprecating because I earned it. Mm. And guess what? Everybody's with you. They're on that journey with you. That's an endearing quality. Well, I know the book is just coming out and there's a lot of, I'm sure, future interviews ahead of you as you work to promote it and get the word out about it. What are you and your team working on that's coming soon that you're really excited about? What's really interesting is usually I'm spread out Mm. all over the place. I'm doing a number of different projects. But right now, this book, this is my 15th book and it is the closest to my core message as uh, as I've ever revealed. Everything else has been strategy, you know, how to do uh, business using Twitter, how to make money with Google AdSense, you know, how to make money online. But this is a business and life book. And this combined with the Bad Crypto Podcast and all the things in the cryptocurrency world, that's pretty much taken all of uh, all of my time. You know, the, the podcast has gone beyond the podcast to Travis and I being asked to emcee Um, you know, blockchain events and speak at events or entertain and do our show live at events or to be advisors on different blockchain and cryptocurrency projects. And it's really, it's been a pivot that I didn't see coming, but that's really the focus for me. And I I hope everybody will go over to uh, funformulabook.com grab a copy. There's a bunch of bonuses, not just the study guide, but you get 20% of the audio book. You can download the PDF right away and start reading it so you don't have to wait for the book. Um, And we just added copies of my other two recent books, The Live Video Revolution and Self-Employed, 50 Signs That You Might Be an Entrepreneur. You can download those for free with your book purchase as well. So uh, funformulabook.com. 
Again, the book's full title is The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work. His name is Joel Com. two M's. Joel, thank you so much for uh, taking your time out and spending it here with us today and sharing your expertise. I really appreciate it. You bet, Jeff. Do good stuff, bro. Connect with Joel and find the links and resources he referenced at the show notes page I've put together just for this episode. As always, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash and then the episode number 218 in this case for episode 218. Have you been seeing double lately? Well, it may not just be you. If you've noticed duplicate episodes of Read to Lead in your podcast app of choice or episodes you've already listened to have appeared again, it's not you, it's me. Some recent changes to the Read to Lead website prompted our feed to resend some episodes to some users. So if that confused you or inconvenienced you in any way, we are truly sorry. But we don't mind at all if you do choose to listen to various episodes more than once. I, for one, am not going to hold that against you. If you have feedback for this show or for the podcast in general, you can always feel free to shoot me an email. It's simply jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. I do my best to try to reply within 20 24 hours. Thanks once again to sponsor FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Software. To participate in their free 30-day trial, all you need to do is go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And remember to put read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. We're very thankful to all they do to help keep this show going week in and week out. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read.